This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 269 with Brandon Turner. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. And in today's show, we're going to look at how to get creative with real estate investing. I'm joined on today's show by Brandon Turner. Brandon is a real estate entrepreneur and the vice president of growth at biggerpockets.com, one of the web's largest real estate investing communities. He is also the author of the book on rental property investing, the book on investing in real estate with no and low money down, and several other books. Buying his first home at the age of 21, Brandon quickly grew his real estate portfolio to over 40 units using a variety of creative financing methods. Brandon continues to grow his real estate portfolio, investing in many different types of real estate with a lot of creative acquisition and value add strategies. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at cashflowninja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at cashflowninja.com or texting cashflowninja to 44222. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. This has been uh, fantastic to connect. Uh, can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Sure. So I'm a professional bowler and I am um, just kidding. I, uh, I've invested in real estate. Uh, I started when I was 20, 21, somewhere in there about like a house to live in. So I don't know if you count that as my investing career, but anyway, about a house to live in. And then I uh, immediately sold that house and made like 20 grand. And it was like the best money I'd ever made. And uh, I thought I should do that for a living. So I jumped in and started flipping houses and turned that very quickly into buying rental properties. And today I have 96 units total spread out across a few different states, uh, mostly in Western Washington, where I'm from or where I live. Gotcha. And you've, um, you've in, uh, invested in different types of real estate. Can you share some of the, the, the asset law or the specific types of real estate that you've invested in? Sure. Uh, so I started by doing, uh, you know, like I said, it was a living, just a single family house. Uh, basically a live-in flip. And then I moved from that into a duplex where I rented half out and lived in another house. So I call that house hacking. Uh, that's a cool strategy for newbies. Uh, and then from there, uh, you know, I eventually bought some small multifamily properties. So like rentals, like duplexes, and then I bought a triplex, and then I bought a fourplex. Then I got into the commercial game and I bought a 24 unit. So by commercial, I mean like uh, commercial financing. So it's still residential property, but a 24 unit apartment complex. Later sold that and bought another 24-unit apartment complex and a mobile home park. So uh, anything from single families up to commercial multifamily and then into mobile home parks is kind of what I've done. 
Awesome. So that's kind of uh, learning something, doing it, uh, doing well at it, learning another, another aspect of it, and then eventually to diving into the mobile home parks and learning that part of the business and then jumping straight into that. Yeah. You know, they're all pretty related, you know, so you start with yeah. one, you, you, you do it and you do another one. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's all related, but there's a learning curve every single time. You got to refigure things out and it's always fun. Now, from a philosophical standpoint, um, uh, as an investor, what's your approach? And is there any checklist that you draw from when you analyze deals and make decisions? Sure. Uh, so I look for, there's like four, probably four metrics that I typically will look for in a real estate, like a rental property. Uh, number one, I want to get it positive cash flow. So I want money coming in. Uh, so I guess you could call me a cash flow ninja. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so I like, I like cash flow. Uh, my number is typically, uh, the metric I shoot for is $100 per month per unit in cash flow. So that's after setting aside money for repairs, vacancy, maintenance, property management, all that, taxes, insurance, mortgage, utilities, all that. I want 100 bucks per unit on a multifamily. Or if it's just like a house, like a cheap house, I want $200 for that house in profit. So that's the first metric I look for is $100 per month per unit on a multi or 200 on a single. The second metric I look for is a 12% cash on cash return. So if I'm putting a thousand bucks in, I want to make at least $120 a year back. Uh, and so in the cash flow. And so I shoot for that usually. Um, generally won't buy something that is less than that unless there's a really good reason like, hey, I found out it, you know, it, this property is worth a hundred grand more than what I'm buying it for. Well, sure, I'll break even or whatever on a deal if I'm going to make a ton of money later. Uh, third metric I look for is I try to make sure I have equity in every project I do. So I want a good chunk of like at least 20% in any deal. So if I'm into the deal at 80 grand with all the money I've got into it, all the everything, 80 grand, it better be worth a hundred grand. Or if I'm in it for 800,000, I would like it to be worth a, a million, right? So I want that that room there in case something drastic happens. Now I could put money down to get that to equity and you know, I could put 20% down and now I have it, or I could just find a really, really, really good deal and uh, go that route and do no money. So I've done that. And then the fourth metric I look for is overall return. People call it IRR, like internal rate of return. Uh, I just say like over time, if I hold the property for like 10 years, am I going to average like 15% per year? 15 is my number there. So including the sale at the end and appreciation, and all that, if I can get 15%, that makes me feel really good because that's like three times what the stock market averages. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, one of your ninja tricks is marketing, which you're very, very good at. Uh, and uh, look at a lot at what you're doing. I mean, house hacking, isn't that something that you wrote about uh, yeah, as well? So. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so. and this is, and this is, this is right up your alley. So um, that plays a big part in finding good deals, right? is marketing yourself and so forth. And you've sh uh, shared some strategies of how to find great deals. Uh, what are some of the, your favorite ways of finding deals uh, and showing up where no one else is showing up? Sure. Uh, so the first thing when I'm looking for deals, I actually do like, especially if you're just getting started out or people who are just starting, uh, but really anybody, I do like looking on the MLS, which is where like, you know, all the real estate agents put their deals. But it's kind of like uh, the community pool, right? So it might be the best pool in town and there's the most kids playing there, but there's also the most pee in the pool, right? So it's like, it's really hard to find a clean spot in that pool. Yeah. Uh, so I, so the, 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 the idea is how do you find the good deals in that? So what I, one of my favorite tricks is, is I look for two bedroom houses that have over a thousand square feet. If it's a two bedroom house, thousand square feet or more, there's a good chance that I can turn that into a three bedroom house somehow. They're not counting something or they're not calling it a bedroom, even though it could be, or I could add a window, closet, basement, whatever. Uh, I like doing that because everyone, like, 
especially in my area, people don't like buying two bedroom houses. And so they're way cheaper. Right. And so sometimes I find a, like a property just because it doesn't have a closet, the agent will call it a two bedroom, 1400 square foot house. And I'm like, Oh no, that's, that's, that's a four bedroom house. And then I can, you know, spend a few thousand bucks, make it now it's worth, you know, 40 grand more than it was when I bought it. And it cost me a couple thousand dollars to do it. So anyway, that's, that's one thing I like to do is look for hidden potential. I call it looking for hidden bedrooms. Uh, the other thing that I do a lot of is in, in, this isn't a particular strategy, but it's a way of looking at it. Uh, when I got started, I didn't think this way, but, uh, now that I've gotten an actual like marketing with businesses more than just real estate, I do like, you know, a lot of, mar- I'm VP of marketing, right? A bigger pocket. So right. I learned this is how marketers think of, of business, not real estate investors, but how marketers think of business is as a giant funnel, right? So 2 million people come to bigger pockets in a given month and out of them, let's say, you know, I don't know, uh, 50,000 people or whatever, give us their email address. And out of them, you know, 2000 people give us money for something. And out of them, you know, this is how much books they bought or whatever. Right. So it's a giant funnel. And so marketers look at business that way. Most real estate investors don't, but I started thinking about it that way. And it totally changed like the entire game for me because then it was like, Oh, it's not an emotional thing. It's just a numbers game. Okay. So I, and I analyzed, I got a hundred leads that came in from, let's say direct mail marketing. I do a little bit of direct mail. I got a hundred different phone calls that came in out of those phone calls. You know, most of them are a waste, but 20 of them were pretty legit people. Out of those 20, I went and looked at the properties. I made some offers and, you know, I made, let's say a dozen offers. Out of those dozen offers, two people said yes. So now it's just a giant funnel. And if I, if I get a yes, great. If I get a no, great. Doesn't matter. Just move on. Keep working that funnel. And so, uh, I, I, every marketing strategy I do, I throw into just a funnel. What's the funnel look like? Let's keep the emotion out of it. Metrics only. It's so true, you know, not to just uh, look at, uh, at, at a business as a business, but yourself as a business and yep. your real estate as a business because it is, it is a business. So, is, yeah. uh, no, absolutely. And you talk about creative and, and, and being creative. And that's, I think, where the marketing brain kind of dovetails with the real estate stuff with not only finding good deals, but then also buying property with no money down or not your, not your own money, right? And something that you talk about as well, because if you look at the big, the big guys on the block, the big guys and gals, when they purchase real estate, there's not a lot of times that they have their own money in the deal. You're listening to Brandon Turner on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. You're listening to Brandon Turner on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. You know, it's funny. A lot of people think of no, like when they hear the word no money down, it is kind of a, you know, a, a term that's been used a lot of kind of a sleazy way, right? But 
Like when people think of no money, they think of it's for people that are broke. But in, in reality, the people who do the most creative finances are like creative finance and putting together deals are the billionaires and the multimillionaires. They rarely put their own money into deals, right? Because right. like if they, no matter how much money you have, you never have enough to buy all you want. And so like <laughs> the people like the better you are at getting figuring out the finances, the better the more you can buy, right? right. So yeah, I, I do a ton of creative finance stuff. My favorite thing is what I I like to buy properties that are just kind of nasty, fix them up. Uh, and I usually buy them with, let's say, like a, a partner or a private lender, or uh, maybe I'll use all cash to buy it. And then either way, when I'm done with the project, I go to the bank and be like, hey, I got this beautiful property here. It's rented out. It's awesome. It's in great condition. Can I get a loan on that? And they're like, sure. And they give me a loan and I get all my money back or all my investors' money back or all my partners, whatever. And you could do this strategy with a single family house for 12 grand in Detroit, or you could do this with a you know $6 million apartment complex over in you know Phoenix. Like, that strategy, I call it the Burr strategy because you buy it, rehab it, rent it out, refinance and repeat. You can do that all day long. Yeah, love, love the acronym. So uh, <laughs> as, <laughs> so staying, staying on the marketing line, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, uh, you are mobile. I mean, life, lifestyle design, right? Speaking to me from Hawaii, so you're not freezing uh, your tail off here in, in the United <laughs> States. What uh, markets do you look at when for investing? Is there specific markets that you look at? Is it scattered? Is there some more favorable ones that you do and, and why? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in investing where you have people. Uh, so first of all, I started doing all my investing locally where I lived in Western Washington. And yeah, I'm in Hawaii right now and I'm looking here, but it's cra- prices are crazy here. But, uh, you know, I, I liked Grace Harbor where I live. It's the county I live in because it was local. I knew it. Uh, and then when I wanted to buy elsewhere, I contacted some people. I talked to a lot of people about where they're getting money. And like, I looked for areas that they were getting the kind of returns that I wanted to get. And one of those people, his name was Todd Dexheimer. Uh, he was investing in Cincinnati. So I said, well, I like him. I trust him. He's a good guy. Uh, I'm going to go check that market out. And sure enough, it was very similar to my own market. I understood it. Um, and I had people on the ground. I had him that knew the area. I had other people that I knew, uh, guys like uh, Joe Fairless, who's from Cincinnati. Uh, and I, you know, people that I've met with through various bigger pockets events or other things. Anyway, so I bought in Cincinnati. And then uh, at the same time, a mobile home park deal came up in Bangor, Maine. And again, I knew nothing about Bangor, Maine, but I knew people there. I looked at the numbers. Uh, and I ended up partnering with a guy, I gave him part of the deal and negotiated. Uh, he's a partner with me on it, but he's the boots on the ground. So again, it doesn't really matter. Like I would buy anywhere that I had people that I trusted and numbers that I trusted. So yeah, but typically I always thought Midwest is where I'd end up with the mobile home park, but Bangor, Maine. About as far away from Hawaii as you can get. <laughs> Would have thunk, right? And it's so true. The, the people, and I've had Todd and Joe both on the show, so mm, yep. I'm familiar with those guys. I mean, it's, oh, awesome. it's it's truly all just about the people and and the yeah. teams that you have, right? Any any business. Yep. So it really, really is. Let's touch on bigger pockets too, because I'm quite intrigued about this. Uh, what's uh, how's uh, tell tell me that story uh, with your involvement there? How did that start? Sure. Uh, so I actually, you know, I, I, a lot of people think I started the side and I didn't. Uh, I came a, f- a little bit later. Uh, so Josh Dorkin started it in his basement working 100 hour a week trying to, you know, make no money at this business back in the day. And uh, he just slaved away at it for years and years and years. And then, uh, I don't know, five years before I ever came around. And so then I, I, when I got into real estate, I searched the internet for what to do when tenants don't pay rent. Because I really didn't know. What do you do when a tenant doesn't pay rent? And everyone's telling me I shouldn't do real estate because tenants don't pay rent. So anyway, I stumbled across this little tiny site called Bigger Pockets, and I, I was like amazed that there was like real life people out there doing this investing thing. We didn't have podcasts back then. We didn't have like stories wow. of people doing it. It was like 
the gurus that were like teaching us and charging, you know, $50,000 for their education. Or you might pick up a book at the library, which is how I did it, right? So all of a sudden, it was like real life people, not just the authors and the gurus that were doing it. And I was amazed that there were answers. So anyway, I started hanging out there, uh, became friends with uh, Josh, the CEO, just via like helping. I just tried to volunteer writing and I would try to help people out on the site and jump on the forums and kind of teach what I knew and ask a lot of questions. Anyway, me and Josh then became friends. And then he, at one point, put on his Facebook that he was looking for someone just to help uh, read and edit some blog posts. And I'm like, ah, I'll do it. And so that's the very first uh, official capacity I helped BP. And that grew into uh, the podcast, which then blew up. And that's, uh, and I've had, I think, 20 different roles there now. I think right today I'm VP of marketing. So yeah, that's, that's where it all came from. <laughs> many, many hats. So, and you touched on something there. So you would think that there, well, there was organic growth and then the podcast really took it out and, and brought it. So that, that was the big, uh, the big uh, jet fuel that you needed to, to, to lift off that rocket. Yeah, I think so. I think there's, there's just so much power. I mean, you've seen it, I'm sure, in audio and video. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's one thing to read somebody and then there's another thing to hear them week after week on a podcast. And so everyone says to me still, and I'm sure they say it to you, I feel like I know you. Like, I've heard you. I feel like I know who you are and I've never met you before. Right. Uh, yeah, so what podcasting did, and you know, you can translate this to real estate as well. Like, you know, sending somebody a letter is a big deal, but getting on the phone with them, that builds a connection more than a letter will ever do, or more than an ad on the internet might do. Like, if you can, like, the more you can build connections with people, that's when the magic happens. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the growth strategies that you look at to expand that reach and some of the other things that you guys are trying, new things uh, at bigger pockets? Um, you mean like growing bigger pockets in itself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the big thing that we look for is just how do we provide massive value all the time, uh, in every channel possible. Right. So, um, I want to provide, I want to be like, when you search YouTube, I want to be 10 of the top 12 listings on, on anything having to do with real estate. When you search Google, I want to be the top 10. Uh, and every time I make something, I say, how do I do this better than anybody else has ever done it? So if I'm going to make a video on how to be a good landlord, I don't want it to be a simple video. I want to spend the time to make it the best video ever produced on how to be a landlord. I do that with blog posts. I do that when I write books. I do that with everything. It's just, I want to be the best. There's this great book out there called So Good They Can't Ignore You. It's by a guy named Cal Newport. Uh, One of my favorite books. Have you read that one? It's fantastic. I've not, but Um, I'm going to put that on the list. Okay. Put on, yeah, put on your list. It's so good. It basically just says like, look, if you want to accomplish amazing things in life, just become so good at that one thing or that the things you do that like you have no choice but to be an expert and to be like known as the expert on it, you know? So rather than, I mean, we all love the four hour work week, the book, but like he, he basically makes fun of that and says, look, if you want to try to achieve like this passive income and whatever, stop trying to build scammy, you know, like sites that, you know, trying to do it in your, you know, 15 minutes and all of a sudden you're bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars a day in income, like all the internet gurus. It's like, just become really good at something like really good. So I, like I, I translate that to bigger pockets. I do it my own real estate. Like how like I want to be the number one best landlord in all of my county because if a tenant wants to find a place to, to rent, I want to be known as oh that you want to go with Brandon Turner. Like you want him as your landlord because he is the best there is. Period. And I try to do that one like with books, with podcasts, with videos, with anything. Is I want to be the best. It's not even a competitive thing. It's just like that's what it takes to win in today's competitive market of anything. There's so right. many smart people out there. If you want to win, you got to be good. Right. And to your point, I mean, it's a, it's the same in everything because it's so crowded right now. The great yeah. thing about the internet is there's a ton of information. 
The negative about the internet is there's a ton of information. There's a lot of noise. Uh, I mean, look, just look at the podcast space that we're in, right? Hey, uh, business and investing think that's a big <laughs> thing. That's a big niche with a lot of people in there. So you have to up your level in your game. And it's, it's great to, to see other shows do the same thing because yeah, I mean, it, it just, it, it challenged people to absolutely up your game every single time, which, which is great. Now, um, let's, uh, Turn back to real estate for a second now quickly to the market. Markets are very local. uh, So you can't just, I mean, I understand it's difficult to to, to just say, hey, here's my take on the entire United States real estate market. Um, But trends across the country in in different markets, what do you see in the real estate market currently? Um. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy competitive. Like you said, it's everywhere. Uh, it's, it's tough, but it's not impossible. I mean, the real estate market right now is toppy, you know, like it's, it's expensive. It's everybody's trying to do it right now. Uh, but I still find deals all the time. I mean, I bought, I bought more properties or more units in the past three months than I have in the past 10 years combined. And so like, uh, there are still deals out there again, for those people willing to work at it and hustle at it. Uh, you just have, you know, back in like 2010, 2009, 2008, everybody back then, uh, you know, they, you throw a rock and like break a window in a good deal and they were everywhere. Right. Um, right. but today you can't find good deals today. You make good deals and you do it by finding hidden potential and by hustling harder than anybody else. And by being the go-to person in your market, uh, by networking better, uh, by, you know, reaching out more by having a broader audience, casting a wider net. Uh, so again, it's, it's totally possible in today's market. Uh, it's just a little bit more difficult than it was, uh, to find deals 10 years ago. Right. Now, Brandon, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying and what uh, new skill sets are you currently learning? <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to learn how to surf. That's my big thing right now. In oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I, really want, I really want to be a good surfer. But uh, yeah, there's that. I'm also just trying to get better at managing people. Uh, yesterday, I had a call with this guy who's a, like a business coach of mine and uh, he really challenged me. And I love this phrase. He said, stop asking how you're going to get things done and ask who you're going to be to get those things done. In other words, like I, I'm trying to be a better uh, person who finds others, who enables others uh, rather than being the guy that just can get in there and get it done. Right. Like I can get in right. there and write a write or podcast or whatever, but there's only, there's only 24 hours in a day. Right. So how do I empower a team? How do I uh, become the kind of person, you know, like, you know, I don't know, like, uh, if you're familiar with guys like, you know, Tim Ferriss or Gary Vaynerchuk or, or David Osborne, who's a massively successful real estate investor. I know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even though, yeah. All those guys, like they're not like Donald Trump. Like you think he's sitting there calling up, uh, his tenants when they don't pay rent. Like, like, <laughs> like no. there's this, yeah, there's this different level that people get to and it's right. not how they do it. It's who they are. It's like, they, they empower people around them and they build teams, they build systems. And that's, uh, that's what I'm trying to get to. Awesome. Now, core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Mm. I would say focus uh, on, on one thing at a time. I'm really bad at this, but I find that when I'm when I'm good at it, I, I, that's when I achieve the most like growth in my life. So like yeah. significant focus on one thing at a time. There's this great story that uh, Derek Sivers tells on Tim Ferriss's podcast. Man, today I mentioned Tim Ferriss like three times. I'm like a fangirl or something. <laughs> anyway, so Derek Sivers, yeah, Derek Sivers is like this awesome guy. And he tells a story about a donkey. Uh, 
and he says the donkey is, is starving and thirsty, and on the left he has food, on the right he has water, and he looks to the left, he looks to the right, looks to the left, looks to the right, and keeps doing that until the donkey dies because he can't make up his mind, right? And so right. many people do that with, with everything in life. They're like, well, I want to do real estate, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and maybe I'll flip houses, and maybe I'll do that. Like, just pick one thing and just go with it and become an extra at that thing. Become the best in the world at that one thing. Then you can expand. So eat all the food you can. When that's gone, then go drink some water, right? Uh, so yeah, focus is, is super, super, super important. Uh, I would say the next thing is like, learn, like learn how money works, uh, and how it doesn't work. And what I mean by that is like, so many people just live reactively when it comes to money. Like, Oh, how much money do I have left in the month? And then I react based on that versus, right. uh, this is how money works. This is how it grows. This is what I'm telling my money to do. Uh, that's a, a huge thing. And third thing I'd say is that money doesn't actually matter all that much. I mean, there's miserable people who are rich. There's miserable people that are poor. It doesn't really make one bit of difference. Now I have more fun, I think, because I have more money than some, but there are people that are poor that have way more fun than me. So, you know, it's uh, keep it in perspective. Right. It just is. No, absolutely. Uh, Brandon, where can my listeners learn more about you? Where can they follow you and stay involved of all the projects that you're involved with? Sure. So I'm on obviously bigger pockets a lot. Uh, my favorite social media thing is uh, Instagram. I'm at, oh. at Beardy, yeah, Beardy Brandon, which is like nice. Beard of the Y. Yeah, Beardy Brandon. I, uh, <laughs> I do a lot. I do, I'm, I'm like the 13-year-old girl on Instagram. I'm just always on there doing stuff. So anyway, follow me there. Awesome. I, I really appreciate it uh, from uh, connecting from Hawaii. It's been a blast connecting with you and having you on the show. Brandon, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Hey, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Thank you for joining my guest, Brandon Turner, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access an educational webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.